a Podcast One production. Hi, and welcome to Crappy to Happy with Tip and Cass. We're so excited you found us, and we're going to take you through all the tips and tools you need to go from feeling crappy to happy. In the last episode, we talked about dieting, why it doesn't work and what works better. Mm -hmm. In this episode, we're going to talk about perfectionism, which leads on from that. So Cass, let's have a chat about being a perfectionist. Okay, so this is a topic close to my heart because I realised fairly late in my own life that I actually... I'm a bit of a perfectionist myself. I refer to myself often as a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing that I discovered was that the idea of perfection, well, first of all, what I think we should point out is that a lot of people think that being a perfectionist is a really admirable quality. You know, Mm. you hear people, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. Mm. Like it's a really... Like it's a really good thing to it's not. Ho- to hold yourself to a really high standard. Well, potentially it's not. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important, you know, to strive for, to, you know, to to do good work and to hold yourself to kind of a high standard. But with perfectionism, and particularly, there's even a thing that we call clinical perfectionism, where you really tip over Ooh. into the the downsides, the dark yes. side. Yes. Um, it's about holding yourself to an impossible standard. And then judging yourself and your self-worth by your ability to meet that standard to the point that it actually can be quite crippling, you know, mm. in ter- because you will potentially not do anything as opposed to potentially doing something less than perfect, you know? Yeah. Yep. Like that procrastination. Yeah, paralyzed by <sighs> perfection, this yep. pursuit of perfection. And it ups the anxiety too, doesn't it? Absolutely strongly linked with anxiety, mm-hmm. OCD, depression. You know, there's a lot of really, you know, there's a lot of um, negative mental health mm-hmm. uh, consequences to this perfectionism. And I think the reason that I never necessarily had identified myself as being a perfectionist earlier on was because, and this is true for a lot of people, nothing I ever did was really perfect, but that's the thing. Like it's not... Oftentimes it's, you're not doing the perfect, you're not achieving perfect standards. So Mm -hmm. you don't consider yourself to be a perfectionist. It's not actually what you're doing externally. It's what you're doing in your own head. You're so right. Isn't it? I get told that by my husband the whole time. Tell me. Like I will, I am a perfectionist across all, I do my businesses, everything. Active, not recovering. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm an active perfectionist. Okay. And I wish, dear listener, you could see the <laughs> notes in front of me. I mean, I have so many notes just for this podcast. And whenever I say to my husband, I'm stressed, I have so much to do, he says, take me through it. None of that needs, you've needs said done. that's what needs to be done for that job. Really, you need to turn up and talk and you already mm. know it. It's all in you. But I have studies and research and all this here. I haven't over, used any of it. Over-preparing, over-achieving. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and it's something that I would like to rid myself, mm. be more in the moment. Mm. And so I think, you know, we talk about, in the last episode, we talked about the diet mentality mm. and the diet culture and that all or nothing attitude that goes along with perfectionism, mm-hmm. which is basically, if I don't do it perfectly, it's not worth doing at all. Yes. Which can be a big trap with dieting and you know health and fitness and in that area of life, but it actually applies to every area. 
I think especially for women, again, we hold ourselves to these impossibly high standards. We have an expectation or an idea that we need to be perfect at uh, have the perfect body, mm-hmm. have um, be perfect parents, mm-hmm. like you be after the perfect pregnancy. Oh, I am I am struggling at the moment to, you know, you see on Instagram women with the perfect bump, they're cruising through pregnancy. My pregnancy hasn't been perfect. Mm-hmm. I've had all sorts of, you know, uh, morning sickness and mm-hmm. it's been really difficult. Because mm-hmm. there's no such thing. But then it's maintaining a perfect household, mm-hmm. the better homes and gardens you know, living space. Oh, yeah, to the point you don't <laughs> want to have anyone over. Exactly. When, when my friends say, oh, you know, if you're stressed or pregnant or tired, I'll just pop around. And I go, no, that would be more stress because then I have to hide my washing and clean your shower clean screen. my shower screen, which I have a thing about. Um, right. You know. That's exactly, the, and that is the, the downside of... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because at home I even have a visiting lighting scheme which might drives my husband crazy. But if visitors are coming over, I have a certain way. I like the lights to be on in terms of lamps and lights on and off in the house. That's calming and attractive. And he knows visitors are coming over because, because of I'm, how the lights are on. I'm going, he's going the visiting lighting scheme. So, I mean, I have to let some of this you've go, got, Cass. You've got the visitor lights on. That's yeah. hilarious. I mean, so it's not, but it's me. hilarious. I know. <laughs> so, that stuff can be let go. So, what do we do? Yeah, that stuff can be let go. I th- so, I think, um, look, it's worth exploring what, you know, what's driving this. Mm-hmm. So, if, Really, the idea of perfectionism is tipping beyond healthy striving. There is nothing wrong with healthy striving. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing wrong with holding ourselves to, you know, high quality work yeah. and wanting to do a good job and be a good person and all mm-hmm. of that. But fundamentally, perfectionism is driven by a core belief, I believe, that nothing will ever be good enough, Ooh. that I will never be, that I am not enough that I don't do enough, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, n- not enough, not good enough. And every one of us also has some version, like we need to normalise this to some degree because I think we all do actually have to some degree a version of the not good enough story. Mm-hmm. You know, we call that in psychology. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just the, the not good enough dialogue that, yeah. that, that you know, um, not smart enough, not pretty enough, not... And that can be something said to you in junior yeah. school or something, maybe a sibling or a parent drummed into you. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. we all, to some degree, have to manage that and uh-huh. just recognise that for what it is, which is a very human, mm-hmm. natural kind of a, a trait. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this idea that nothing will ever be good enough and that when that gets to the point of being like you said before, paralyzing, like debilitating, Mm. then we really need to start to challenge that and challenge where that's coming from and what do we do about that, like Mm -hmm. recognizing what the the damage that's being done Mm -hmm. and how we live our life. Yeah, absolutely, and enjoyment of living, Mm. not worrying about lighting schemes and hiding Mm. washing and having a friend over for a cuppa and not worrying about it, saying... I bet you've got washing everywhere too. Like, yeah, exactly. It's very normal. I wrote a whole article on that recently actually about house shame, about the, the lengths that people will go to mm. to avoid having people over to their own house because the house isn't perfect enough or it's not, it's not looking. Mm. You know. it's, it's, a, it's not a display home. I live there. Yeah, so exactly. That's, that's my stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, talking about perfectionism, I've seen it manifest over and over with food and exercise and 
people saying, oh, I just can't get a perfect day of, you know, whether they're oh. on my program on tifxo.com doing, oh, I didn't have a perfect day. And you and I are always saying to them, it's not about perfection, it's about progress. Mm. Perfect progress, just one day at a time and thinking more in terms of um, consistency. Mm. And we talk about, you know, making those little incremental changes that lead to bigger long-term results as opposed mm. to having doing every single thing perfectly all the time. Exactly. Mm. And our members bombard us with, we haven't had a perfect day. And I just think, you know, let, let's talk about some of the tools that you can use to get rid of that perfect day mm. mindset. Let's talk about the specifics of how perfectionism can manifest in your life. Yeah, that's that's a great idea because I think that people get a little bit confused about the definition sometimes. Mm -hmm. They think that they're just trying to do a good job. So I remember, for example, for um, – oh, well, I've probably got some examples from my own life. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, I set up a free uh, email series mm -hmm. called – Crappy to happy, as it happens. It is. It is happy. It is. So that was my way of getting people to sign up for my newsletter list. So mm -hmm. I came up with a seven-day free crappy to happy email mm -hmm. series. Who would have thought two years later he would be yeah, <laughs> sharing all these happy. gems with you? Um, and so I spent weeks and weeks mm -hmm. on this free seven-day email series. Mm -hmm. They were like less than five hundred words each. I chopped and changed the topics that many times mm -hmm. to know what I should include and what I shouldn't include. This was to be given out for free yeah. to people. Yeah. And I stressed myself over that so much. And when I finally had it, now uh, there's also a lot of technology that goes in the behind the scenes of yeah. automating a free email series. So mm -hmm. I had, I spent hours setting up the technology and the links and the sign up page and all of the rest of it. And it got to the point and it was, I remember it was about midnight, like on a Friday mm -hmm. and I was ready to press publish on this button and I sat and stared at mm. that publish button for 30 minutes. I could not bring myself to press the button and mm. put that email series out into the world in case it was not good enough. Like oh. it was, yeah. Like oh, I can see. I'm thinking it's free. What are you doing? In case it was not good enough. <laughs> oh. In case it was somebody, it could have been mm. better. In case it could have been somehow different to make it better. Mm. And you know, I, same. I'm, you know, writing a book at the moment. Yeah, I procrastinate. There. I mm -hmm. stall. It's not good enough. The content's not right. I chop and change ideas. Mm -hmm. It's procrastination central because oh. nothing is ever. I'll tell you what. Good it, enough. Yeah, it's never good enough. And in my final year at school. You get an ATAR score in Victoria. Um, the highest you can get is 99.99. That's the highest you can get academically. And I strive for that. Mm. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what I wanted to do at university, but I wanted that perfect score. Yeah. I got 98.75. How did you feel? Could have got into med, could have gone into law. I was devastated. There you go. And my parents were like, Tiffany, this is incredible. You know, incredible what you've done. And I thought, where's the rest of it, Tiff? What have you done? What have you done? Went to university, studied, did some great things. But I was not happy with this brilliant achievement. 
Yeah. So this is this unrelenting standards that we mm. kind of hold ourselves to. And this is where, you know, because there, there would be a lot of people out there, like I said, who don't mm-hmm. consider themselves to be perfectionists because they don't see perfection in their lives. Mm. And it's not about perfection showing up mm. in the outside world. Anxiety it's, it's of it. It's this pressure that we put on ourselves mentally mm-hmm. to achieve these things. And the the kind of the, the psychological process of constantly feeling that there is something somehow, you know, yeah. lacking, like not, you know? Yeah, and it does show up not just in perfectionism, like you think, I've never done anything perfect, like I'm not a perfectionist, but it shows up in the all or nothing attitude, doesn't yes. it? Where I will go in myself when I was writing a book, if I can't just start and write one good sentence or get a thousand words a day, which was my goal, workable words, then I'm not even going to start at all. Mm -hmm. And then I go a whole week without doing any work on the project. So, and you see it manifest in food, you know, one slip up on a food plan or they start a workout and two minutes in stop. So they quit, you know, it's, it's that all or nothing. If it's not perfect, it's not good enough. Mm. and is good enough good enough, Cass? That is where we need to move to. We yeah. need to move towards embracing this idea mm. that done is better than perfect. That's my new mantra. Done is better than perfect. Life-changing. Life-changing. Because so much of my work is not done mm-hmm. because it's not And perfect. it can't be perfect. How do you write a perfect book? How do you do a, a perfect podcast? How do you write a perfect training program? Yeah. I mean, and things so, evolve and change. And and so, so much work, and this is where I see it play out, so much good quality work is not put out because it's tr- locked inside somebody's head because they're afraid that it'll be judged or criticised or, you know, not measure up to some ridiculous standard. Mm. So they just hold it back. You've um, got to make it exist, don't you? I see women who won't go for a a um, job promotion mm. when they've got, you know, 90% of the of the prerequisites, whereas I know I keep switch coming back to the male-female difference, mm-hmm. but there is a huge difference. Mm. Men will put themselves forward for a job if they've got like 70 to 80% of the qualifications. Mm. They'll just give it a crack. Mm-hmm. Women will be 90% and say, well, I obviously don't meet the criteria for that, so I'll just I'll have to work harder mm. before I do. So this is what I mean, like the mm. standards that we hold ourselves to. Uh, crippling. It is crippling Mm. and we have to get out of it. And I think something that you said that I just love and our our members loved was the little turning your ants into pets. Oh, turning your ants into pets. I can't take credit for that. That's something Mm. that I learned in my coaching psychology masters. But that whole thing is so helpful. It's turning our automatic negative thoughts into performance enhancing. The the ants. Yeah, ants into pets. Mm. Performance enhancing. So that's a cognitive behavioural strategy Mm -hmm. in terms of challenging those negative self-critical thoughts that might show up Mm -hmm. um, and to reframe them into something that's more supportive. Taming those negative thoughts. And yeah. I love the image of the ants running through your brain. <laughs> and that's what the perfectionism is. It's like, you're not good enough. You can't do it. You've got to put more work in. Mm-hmm. You know, once upon a time for me at school, I was teased because I had blonde hair, dumb blonde. Right. And in my head, the ants were, you're blonde. There's no way you can get 98.99.99. Because or, of and, your hair colour. Yeah. How silly is that? It's 17. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. those ants can be so dangerous. Yeah, they really can. The other thing that I noticed too, and this was one that showed up for me, was the um, not delegating or outsourcing things or asking for help because somebody else won't do it as well as what Ooh. 
yuck. I, I might do, that. do yeah. it, right? Yeah, I, I've even hired people to do their job and I'll do their job anyway. Mm, to get, meet your own high standard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, Tiff. And it's only when my husband says, hmm, that's not your job. And I think, hmm, oh, it's not? Oh, dear. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Double handling. So when we talk about clinical perfectionists, I should should say this. So there is like the self-imposed kind of the standard I hold myself to. Mm -hmm. There is then the socially prescribed perfectionism. So what I think everybody else expects of me. And then there's a third one and the name escapes me now, but it's basically holding other people to high standards. Mm. So it manifests in different ways, this perfectionist thing. And so sometimes people can relate to one, but not. Mm-hmm. not another. But often, you know, sometimes people won't hold other people to the same standards as they mm-hmm. hold themselves to. But I do actually often see that people who are very, very highly critical of themselves and hold themselves to these unrelenting standards will often have set the same high bar for other people. Mm. So these are the people who you know, have to correct you mm. on the tiniest little slip up that mm-hmm. you might make or... Um, yeah, like, well, like won't delegate because, yes, because somebody else won't achieve the standard. Yeah, have a comment about how to raise your children, <laughs> yes. which is, you know, it's for mothers. It must be, oh, there's so many ways and things oh, you can do. That's a minefield. We won't even I know, talk about but that. I'm dreading that. <laughs> um, and you know, it's very hard with this perfectionist artist attitude because we've become more social with social media. We're seeing into everybody's life. We're all oversharing what we do, how we do it. And it's hard because, like you say, you're comparing yourself to somebody else's highlights. You're not going to put the worst day up on Instagram, are you? Yeah, well, no, exactly. The bed's made and you're in front of the mirror taking a selfie and the bed's made. But Yeah, definitely the social comparison stuff can really feed into that, those unrealistic expectations Mm. that we have of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, 95% of the time, maybe the bed's not made. Like, it's just very hard for people, I think, to now be comparing themselves and Mm. comparison can really... Suck the joy. Suck the joy (laughs) and suck the happiness. If we're talking about feeling crappy, sit around and compare yourself to everyone else, you're going to feel pretty crappy. Yeah. So after the break, we're going to give you some tools and tips to overcome perfectionism. So stay with us. You're listening to Crappy to Happy with Tiff and Cass. We're talking perfectionism and I find Cass one of the best ways to deal with that all or nothing attitude, especially in my world where people are coming to me for help with, you know, nutrition and exercise and lifestyle stuff. I always say try my three-hour day Mm -hmm. where every three hours you renew your day. So usually it coincides with a meal time, but it just takes away that pressure of, you know, if you have something off the meal plan or if you um, didn't do well in exercise in the morning and you like quit your workout and you were running late for work, then you can always reset, start again. You don't have to wait till next week because next week never happens. Yeah, that's great. It's it's still, you're on track and every three hours, I treat it as a brand new day. Yeah, that's a great tip. And I that I am actually thinking now of myself where because I meditate really regularly mm-hmm. and for a long time that was a first thing in the morning activity for me, as it is for many people. It's just mm-hmm. a really good time to do meditation. But it went, I went through a stage where I don't even remember why, but mornings were really difficult. And so then it was just out the window because in mm. my mind, if I didn't do it in the morning, I just didn't get Couldn't it happen at done. All. Mm-hmm. And I had to change my whole thinking about, well, actually, there's nothing to stop me from doing this at lunchtime or when mm-hmm. I get home in the afternoon or even right before 
bed. So mm-hmm. we've got to, like losing those fixed ideas about if I haven't done it, and if the day's not gone well so far, the day's yeah, all over. That perfect plan yeah. in your head. And I, I hear it all the time with people with exercise. Oh, I, I slept in, so then the workout didn't happen. I said, well, why did you have to watch a whole series on Netflix? Like, why couldn't you do it at night? Oh, I've got to watch Netflix. So it's always change it around, you know. Don't get stuck in that yeah. perfect plan. Yeah, that's a that's mm-hmm. a great point. Mm-hmm. And I know that you and I, one thing that we talk about on TIFIC, so when we're talking about food and losing mm. that all or nothing attitude that comes mm-hmm. into play there is that I recommend that people put up a star chart on mm-hmm. their fridge. This is great. And put a gold star on every for every meal that they have that's a really healthy, nutritious meal or for a workout or for a meditation or whatever it might be, put a gold star mm-hmm. and watch them add up, like watch this sea of gold stars Mm -hmm. develop over the course of the week so that when you have that one day that you have free pizza in the office, you you put a little black cross or a little red dot, Mm -hmm. but you can see that in the scheme of things, it's one tiny little blip amongst a sea of gold stars. Yeah, and we all have days. Some days you'll get a call and the whole the whole day just goes out the window. You might have a sick child. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you have to just give in and surrender, white flag it. And that's when that gold star, it just, that chart, it helps me, Cass. It's yeah, yeah. so helpful. I, I love giving myself <laughs> the gold stars. I'm a fan of gold stars. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think it does. I think it helps to keep it in perspective. Mm-hmm. And f- it helps us to shift our mindset to what we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Instead of constantly, we've got a strong negative bias in our brain. Which How does fo- that work? Which focuses on what's not going well or right. what we've done wrong. Always we will default to thinking about what we've done wrong. We're wired to think that uh, Think that way. We're yeah, wired yeah, to think about the yeah, negative. Well, we just naturally do that. Mm. Yeah, we tend to do that. So it helps us to really shift our focus onto what's actually going well and what our yeah, you know. What, yeah, and it's so hard. Did I read that it takes five good things to tell yourself uh, to combat one negative thing said to you? Um, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a bit of a yeah. So especially in relationships, we talk uh-huh. about the five positives to a negative. Uh-huh. But even in our own brains, because of the emotional sort of residue, the stickiness uh-huh. of our um, experiences, we a negative, a single negative experience will stick with us and have a, a strong as strong an emotional impact as five positive ones. So this is why when you give a talk to 100 people and 99% of them give you a standing (laughs) ovation and one hops up and walks out, all you can focus on is the one who walked out. That's all you remember. Yeah. So, you know, we... Yeah, so we need to really shift and up the focus on the positive and what's going well to create that shift in where Mm -hmm. we put our attention and our focus, especially with Mm -hmm. ourselves. We're very critical of ourselves. Yeah, so we've got to move towards self-compassion. Yeah, Mm self-compassion is Mm -hmm. a favourite topic of mine. Mm -hmm. We will come back to this one over and over. But self-compassion is essentially this idea of self-kindness over self-criticism. So, you know, it's probably come out of, you know, like mindfulness, many thousands of years of Buddhist philosophy, but it's been kind of conceptualized as a psychological construct Mm -hmm. now. And so with self-compassion, we talk about it having three key components. And I'm quoting Kristen Neff now, who's a big Mm -hmm. researcher in this area. She's done a book. She's got a website. Kristen Neff is her name. Mm -hmm. So she has conceptualized that self-compassion consists of three really key elements. So in order to practice Mm self-compassion, so first of all, self-compassion is having um, compassion for ourselves in times of difficulty or struggle. So when we're feeling inadequate or a failure or something's gone wrong, you know, rather than defaulting to that negative Mm. self-critical voice, 
how do we actually switch that to a more self-compassionate voice? So the first one is mindfulness. Oh. So mindfulness is just simply being aware in the moment of what's happening as it's happening. So noticing the stories that we're telling ourselves, noticing how we feel, you know, just being aware. Mindfulness has got a very strong non-judgmental kind Mm -hmm. of component to Mm -hmm. it. Um, the second one is this idea of common humanity, which is recognizing that everybody stuffs it up sometimes. Like nobody gets it perfect all the time. Yes. And this is a universal experience that we're all having. Like Keep it real. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> yeah. stuffs it up. Yeah. And so we can take some, um, some, you know, be sort of reassured by that because what happens when we get very down on ourselves is we often move instead to that feeling of isolation. Like I'm the only one over here really getting it badly wrong mm-hmm. and everybody else has What's got it all together. Mm-hmm. So mindfulness, um, then uh, common humanity mm-hmm. and then shifting to the self-kindness as opposed to the self judgment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that just means talking to yourself as you would a friend, Mm -hmm. giving yourself the same permission to be human as you would anybody else, you know, Mm. bringing that kind of gentleness, friendliness, forgiveness to yourself if you're going through, you know, something. sometimes a sense of humor too. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Having a laugh about, you know, it can help. Yeah. So remembering that self-compassion, I think is really Mm -hmm. important in terms of overcoming um, perfectionism because what it does is it sort of moves you more towards this kind of just cultivating this inherent self-worth like mm-hmm. I'm actually I, I am good enough mm-hmm. you know and even if what something that I do is not necessarily perfect it doesn't detract from my fundamental worthiness yes. as a human being Speak. yeah so to deal with perfectionism we have to really believe and understand that no one's perfect our basic goodness <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our basic worthiness wow so there's a three-hour mm. day you can try there's the gold star chart yes. you can try and just loving yourself more sick, like just yes. being gentle with yourself. Yeah. And that's why I put it in TIFF XO. It's the X and the O, the kiss and the cuddle that you need to give yourself every day. Absolutely. It's so important. And you know what else? Just one last thing is just try it out. Like mm. just go out. If you've got that kind of crippling perfectionism where like mm. I better not send that thing or do that thing or write that mm-hmm. blog post or apply for that job, just like you, you see it as an experiment and just try it out and just do something and let it not be perfect and just see if anybody dies. Well, like see if someone like, came over and the visitor's lighting scheme wasn't on. Like if somebody, oh my goodness. If a visitor comes over and the lights aren't on, see if anybody actually dies. Mm. Like nobody is going to end up the bankrupt right or homeless. On. Yeah, that's it. I hope that helps you, listener. I really do hope that helps you. So we've talked about perfectionism today and next up on Crappy to Happy with Cass and Tiff, we're going to be talking about about exercise, why it's so important to move, not just for your body, but also for your brain. Crappy to Happy was recorded in the Podcast One studios. Produced by Dave Zbolenski. Audio production by Nick Slater. For more episodes and to check out other great podcasts, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.